Is there power? Yeah, there is. That sounds better. <laughs> what a beautiful church. Just so good to be with friends, old friends. <laughs> and uh, look forward to getting to meet some of the newer people here, but we know a lot of faces here. We just love coming here, love this church. Where else would we want to be this morning? Come on. And then I will. So I, uh, I get to speak on a subject near and dear to my heart. And I know you guys are in Acts, so normally they ask you to just kind of share what you would have on your heart, but they were very specific. They wanted me to come and speak on miracles. So we get a message on miracles. How many know there's miracles in the book of Acts? You know? <laughs> there's actually miracles in the whole book. <laughs> So uh, it's fun, fun subject to speak on. So I really appreciate this opportunity. I thought it'd be good uh, right off the bat, uh, being an old engineer, I thought it'd be kind of good to just define what a miracle is. I mean, sometimes people wonder what's a miracle, what's not a miracle. So that's a good place to start, right? Uh, I think a miracle, this is a good uh, description of a miracle. It's something supernatural, something impossible, when God overrules the ordinary laws of nature. Isn't that a good description? When doctors say there's nothing more we can do for you, and when in your circumstances you say there's no way out, it's impossible. There's no possible way of doing this in the natural. We need God's supernatural intervention. And he's a God to do that. Amen. With God, there's always a way. He's the God of the impossible. God always can make a way when there is no way, and he causes us to step out in faith, trusting that. Uh, it's not always the way he works. Sometimes he works through other means, but uh, sometimes it's just plain you stand back and go, wow, that's a miracle. And uh, that's the kind of God we serve. Where medicine stops, God's got a way. Aren't you glad for medicine? Very good. Come on, everybody. <laughs> God provided medicine. I won't say anything more about that. I could get myself in trouble. Where medicine stops, God's got a way. So let's just start off with the fact that miracles started with God. It's God's idea. So God's got good ideas, right? We want to get involved with what God's involved in. And God's into miracles. In Hebrews 11, 1, how are we doing on that? Oh, wonderful. Great. It gives us a description of faith to start with. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. I mean, this is a great faith chapter. It talks about what faith is, being sure of what we cannot see. Uh, just a reminder of that. And then a list of those who trusted in God. You know, this is the great Faith Hall of Fame. Uh, but it's never supposed to end kind of at the end of uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews. Just want to remind you, it kind of went on for centuries and centuries, including us. We're part of the Hall of Fame. But it does have some big guns in there and uh, the things that were accomplished through them because they were trusting in God. But I, I just thought it would be good to notice that first on the list is God. God's always at the first. It's a good place to start in any message. And uh, just a reminder that God's the foundation. He, he's the one that we're trusting in when we're trusting for miracles. We're trusting in a God of miracles. Yes. Ah. 
That's the foundation. We're not trusting in faith. I mean, we don't have faith in faith. Faith, that, that's positive thinking. I mean, you can go a long way with positive thinking. But just to recognize our faith is in a God who's a God of miracles, signs and wonders, who created the universe out of nothing. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, this is a pretty big universe that we got. And uh, right at the beginning of this faith chapter, we've got this amazing example of faith. And uh, I just want to remind us it's the beginning of the book. The whole book is faith from first to last. Everything called to step into in the rest of the book. And God just laid a foundation for us. He's the God of the impossible. But it's, it's one thing to contend for uh, the unseen, you know. It's, I mean, let's say we're contending for a lung. We, we believe God has the ability to create a, young or, or a lung or he can reactivate a lung where doctors have said, sorry, there's nothing we can do. Uh, you're going to need a new lung. I mean, God can actually produce a whole a lung. But at least we're working in the realm of a lung. I mean, we know what a lung looks like. We understand there's a body here. There's something here. I just want to remind us, God goes way beyond that. I mean, at the beginning of the book, laying the foundation, God creates all of this out of nothing. Yeah. The whole universe. Wow. <laughs> With nothing there. It's void, it tells us. The heavens and the earth were void. God just sees it, speaks it, boom, it's all created. Now they tell us just our galaxy, if you could travel at the speed of light, I really want to know you. <laughs> I mean, if you can travel at the speed of light, it would take 100 million years just to go across our galaxy. And they say we're kind of minor in the universe, our little galaxy that we have here. There just happens to be billions of other galaxies. So if you could travel at the speed of light, it'd take you 100 million years just to get to the edge of our little galaxy here. How long does it take to get to the edge of the universe? <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. And God just spoke all that into being. Trillions and trillions of stars. They tell us there are more stars they estimate. I mean, who's counted the grains of sand in the earth? But they say there are more stars than all the grains of sand in the whole earth. Wow. Hello. I mean, if they said more than all the grains of sand in Long Beach, I'd go, whoa, wow, who is this God? You know? But all the grains of sand in all the sand dunes, in all the beaches, in every place there is sand in the earth, there is more stars out there. There are billions of galaxies. There are trillions and trillions of stars. And our God just spoke it all into being. Are you kidding me? Who is this God? I want to get to know him. <laughs> most overwhelming thing for me and it will never cease to be overwhelming I get up every morning just overwhelmed with this you created all this Lord just by speaking and you want to hang out with me today hello you know? yeah. uh, I mean it's mind blowing this God that we serve is an awesome 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 God we got a great example in a person I mean that's God what about Abraham he's pretty near the beginning of the list in the hall of fame of faith Abraham, God said to him, I want you to believe for a child. Your heir, what I'm going to do is going to come out of your own loins, you and your wife. You're way beyond having children. And when you get into your hundreds, you are way beyond, you know. 
Hey, I mean, you can't, you can't fault them for saying, <laughs> yeah, right, you know. Too much pizza last night or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's ludicrous, you know. But that God, God says he's the father of faith. That, that's kind of an example to us of the things we're believing for him. Sometimes the things we're believing for, we, you don't want to tell anybody. So way out there, you know. But listen to this. Not only did Abraham accomplish the things that God spoke over him, but it took a hundred years of believing to step into it. But what are you believing for? What kind of miracles are you believing for? I got a whole list, let me tell you. I mean, I'm believing for some serious miracles. And sometimes I get a little discouraged with my 10, 20, 30 years I've been asking for these things. And you just got to look at Abraham, a hundred years of not doubting God. God just encouraged him in that time. Call yourself Abraham now, not Abram anymore. Father of nations. You imagine walking around saying, my name's changed now, Father of nations. Yeah, right. One of those kind of Christians, you know. <laughs> really? See? But he saw those things come to pass. Why? Romans 4.17 tells us, because he believed in the God who calls things that are not as though they were. That's the bottom line for us. That's why I put God right at the beginning here. That's the bottom line for us. We're believing a God who can call things that are not the whole universe as though they were. Because Abraham trusted in that, he had a child and went on having children, as many as the stars that he could see from earth. That's the God we serve. Some say I'm uncomfortable with miracles. You know, it just seems kind of, I'm a practical guy. I'm an engineer. I, I like things lined up. And let's be practical about this, you know. I, these guys are talking about miracles. Uh, you guys are getting out on the edge, you know. Well, I just want to say to you, if you feel that, you're in the wrong book. <laughs> this is a book of miracles, right from the start, right to the end. At the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth. The heavens is everything up there, and the earth out of nothing. And the book finishes off with God creating new heavens and new earth. You know? <laughs> and in between is just God's intervention in those that would trust him, Abraham, etc., etc., you're in the wrong book if you don't believe in miracles. He's the awesome, almighty God of the supernatural. Nothing is too difficult with him. Amen. All things are possible with the God we serve. And I get to tell you that this morning. What a privilege. Wow. You. you guys are awesome. So anyways, the problem is, is if you don't believe in miracles, you say, no, I'm a practical guy. You know, give me more clean sort of Christianity. I just want to remind you, if you're believing in Christ, you're believing in a God that you can't see, giving you salvation that you can't see. You're way out there already, so, you know. I mean, just keep going. Don't stop, you know. All right, come on, your neighbors think you're crazy if you start telling them about this stuff. They'll go all the way. Show them a few miracles. That's what I'm contending for. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're co-heirs in Christ. When we ask Jesus Christ into our heart, we become co-heirs with Christ of all the promises of God. And God says, go in and contend for those things. Believe for them. 
Not according to my circumstances. Yeah. I, I mean, there's days when you can get up and you definitely don't feel saved, you know. <laughs> you had a bad day or you let been let down or you stumbled on the way. I mean, all the different things that can try and rob us of our salvation. But we press in. We don't let those things get in our way. We press past those things. We learn how to praise God. How many really felt like jumping around and dancing this morning and shouting hallelujah to God, you know? I mean, some, some of you did. We just kind of put up with you people, always smiling. Look at me, look at the smile down here. <laughs> Most of us drag ourselves into here. We, well, I won't go into that, but... <laughs> But we're learning. I mean, as Camilla was exhorting us and we're singing, you just get caught up and then pretty soon you're praising God and your whole perspective changes. Suddenly, you're alive, you're saved, you're the body of Christ. It's exciting. You know, just speaking of the body of Christ, I felt I was going to give this at the beginning, but I felt the Lord give me a word for this church. I'm always praying for something, to come with something. And I think it's just really appropriate in this time, but I, I just had, God speaks to me in pictures. I had a picture, and I saw a picture of a trellis, uh, like an arbor, you know, but it was huge. I mean, it was big, covered a lot of area. But I realized that the vines coming up, you know, they had vines coming up all over this thing, uh, that those vines were people, the people of Oceanside Church. I really felt God said, this is the church. And those vines were reaching out, I mean, they're reaching up, they want to reach up to God, but they were also reaching out to one another and building this incredible arbor laden with fruit, you know. And I, I believe that's a picture for this church here. God's called you to work together and pull together, and I just want to commend you for being willing to do that. That's, that's not always an easy road. It's very easy to get offended, take offense at somebody, but God calls us to look past those things, push into one another, Build relationship with one another. I really encourage you. I trust you have connect groups of some type, small groups here. I mean, get into one of those. Build relationship with some people that goes past. Hi, how are you doing? Everything's great. And uh, get in with some people you can be real with and build your life into this church. You can bear fruit on your own, but you won't bear as much fruit as if you join together with a church like this. Isn't that a good word for right now? I mean, we, all churches, including Trinity, have gone through that whole season where people stayed home. And uh, Hebrews says, don't, don't neglect coming together as some are in the habit of doing. I thought, that's a scripture for today, isn't it? Because, boy, some have got the habit. You can feel that yourself, I think. Yeah, I stay in my pajamas, have a coffee, <laughs> Just Zoom one another. Uh, then things started opening up, and I thought, well, I'm going to push past and get into church. And you only got to come into a service or two, and you go, what was I thinking, you know? Yeah. I mean, this, there's something of God when we come together that you can't get on your own. Okay, that's all for free. That's nothing to do with the message here. But uh, I don't give up when I don't feel saved. I, I take him at his promises. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I just press past the fact that nothing will separate me from his love, etc., etc. Well, I, I feel like God wants us to say when it comes to the miraculous, when it comes to the power of God, how easily, you know, we prayed and nothing happened, we pulled back. I contend for all of God, you know. <laughs> Not just this relationship that we have. It's the most important thing. 
but he's the God of miracles. And I don't care how many times you've prayed or how many times you've asked. Keep on pushing into God. Jesus came to this earth releasing miracles. He didn't just declare the gospel. He he demonstrated. God who forgives all of our sins and heals all of our diseases was walking on earth as a man. (laughs) That's mind-blowing, isn't it? Awesome, awesome God. And he was walking, breaking things open, but he was showing us how God's called us to walk. And uh, we can't do anything else. Matthew 8, 16 tells us that Jesus healed large crowds, lots of people at, at one time. And when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits of the word and healed all the sick. That's a beautiful scripture there. You build your faith on that. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and he carried our diseases. Sometimes only one or two. I mean, it's not always Jesus healed everybody. Uh, what, what about the pool of Bethesda? Jesus walking by with his disciples. He looks over, sees, goes over, and heals one man. Didn't heal anybody else there. I mean, it'd be like a hospital. There'd yeah. be a crowd of people there. I was talking about miracles one time, and a guy came up to me after the service and said, if you believe in miracles, why don't you just go down to the hospital and clear the, clear the ward out? I said, well, Jesus didn't. <laughs> he did heal everybody who came to him, but he didn't. I mean, this would be like a hospital. There's so many people there. The guy was saying, I can't get in the water when it, when it stirred. That, that was the tradition. Uh, so there was a lot of people there. But why did Jesus just stop and heal one man? If I was there, I'd go, uh, hello. <laughs> you know. I just walked on his way. Why did Jesus do that? I don't really know. (laughs) But I do know one thing. He's God. I'm just going to trust him anyways. Mm. What about the blind Bartimaeus? Jesus coming through a village. Blind Bartimaeus hears about it. Starts shouting out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Boom, his eyes are open. I mean, there must have been other beggars there. There must have been other people who needed healing. doesn't tell us. Jesus just carried on his way. Jesus said, I do nothing in myself. I do only what I see the Father doing. I mean, Jesus just had three years, packed a lot into those three years. He was just walking as God was leading him. I know there's a whole bunch of questions come out of that, but I'm not going there. I'm going to trust in God. That's right. He's an awesome God. I was, uh, as Mike said, part of all Africa Bible College. Mike actually came and spoke there one time. But um, we, uh, that was a vehicle in which we were reaching into Africa. So we were training these students at three-year program, African students from as far away as the equator down. And uh, we used to take, once a year we'd do a big trip. Once a year we'd do a big uh, tent campaign and then an evangelistic crusade and then The other time, we would take the students out. Each of us on the college would take a group out. So I had about a dozen guys with me, and we went up to Matuba Tuba, if anybody knows northern New Zealand. And uh, I'm telling you this story because it's one of my favorite stories. (laughs) I mean, a whole bunch happened in the two weeks we were there. It was just mind-blowing. But as we were getting near the end of it, I thought, these guys have really been working hard. Let's take a break. And a couple of them had been telling me they, they came from interior parts of Africa. They'd never seen the ocean before. So I said, 
Yahoo, let's go down and have some, play some soccer on the beach, you know. There must be beach around here somewhere. So we headed off, piled them all in the truck, had a big high canopy on the back, and piled everybody into the truck, and we headed towards the beach. But as it is in Africa, you can really get lost quite easily. It's no signposts or anything or highways. This is little ruts and tracks, goat trails and things. And we just kept getting lost. I mean, somebody say, yeah, you could turn at a tree down there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, anyways, so we're going along there, and the guys are all singing in the back, and I looked over, and there's a crawl, which is a group of homes that all belong to one family, and uh, I said, hey, let, let's go in there. They must, we must be getting close. They must know how to get us out of this, so that's why we ended up in there. We go in there, and they said, oh, wow, while you're here, could you pray for, for uh, our mother? She's dying. Uh, we, they just wanted us to pray and send her off to heaven, you know. <laughs> and so our, uh, this truck full of firebrands, you know, no way. I mean, they're, they're all over it, boy. They got hands. Well, sure enough, we go out the back, and there's a lady lying on the ground. The doctors have said, you just go home and die. I mean, she's really ready to go. And she looked it. And so our guys just laid hands on her, commanded her to be healed quickly. I mean, I wish it always happened this quickly. She just sat up looked around at us, what's this, you know? So we told her why we were there. And she said, well, just wait a minute. She went in and made tea, had us all come into this biggest of the rondovals. We had this Holy Ghost party, everybody dancing around, invited the neighbors <laughs> in, prayed for a bunch of people, got a bunch of people saved, and then got back in our truck and headed off to the beach, you know? And I, I thought, pinch me, I died and went to heaven, you know? It's just, it just doesn't get better than that, you know? Well, there were other times where we, I, I mean, it's not always like that, but in the tent, it was just like something got released, and you just could not pray for, you couldn't see somebody get healed. I mean, it just it didn't matter who you are. We just started laying hands on people, blind eyes opening, people jumping up. It was just fun. I want to say personally, I've seen God do that. I'm looking for a whole lot more, though. How about divine protection? Jesus stilled the storm with a word. He walked through angry crowds. I had an African pastor who came through our program and then went out and planted a church, and we kind of kept encouraging him. But he's working in one of Durban's troubled townships uh, at a time when there was really a lot of trouble. Uh, it was a state of emergency in there, but he had to go minister to somebody, so he started walking down the road, and he turned onto the street he wanted to go, and he just started walking and like 50 yards in front of him is the comrades, you know, with their toy toy and pangas and machetes and, and uh, their matchboxes, you know. <laughs> so he's just walking towards them. He thought, if I turn and run now, these guys are just like running from a lion, you know. But he just felt the Lord say to him, just keep walking. So he walked straight before them and they just opened up. It just reminded him what it says about Jesus. Jesus walked through the crowd, you know. Yeah. <laughs> walked walked up and went around him like that. Well, that was a pretty good story. I, went. I got another guy that I worked with uh, quite closely at All Africa Bible College. He was up in the mountains one time. He had a great big Ford, four by four. And uh, he's going along this mountain pass, this road. Supposed to be a major highway, but <laughs> He said there was maybe a couple of feet on each side, but most of the time you felt like you were going to fall off this thing. And uh, 
And they, as he's going along, they're saying to, he and his wife are saying to one another, what if we meet somebody coming the other way, you know? We're going to have to back up a long way and try and find some sort of... So he's just thinking that, and he comes around the corner, and there's a dump truck coming straight for him. And the dump truck takes up all of it and more, just booting it straight for him. He said they didn't have time to do anything except shout Jesus. Both of them at the top of their lungs said, Jesus! And then they were on the other side and looking at the truck disappearing in their mirror out the back. You know. He can do those things, you know. He's a miracle-working God. If he wants you somewhere, he can supply. Bring that into your equation. How about divine supply? Jesus feed, fed huge crowds with a few fish and a few loaves a number of times. I'm sure you've had that happen. We've had that happen over the years where the kitchen staff say there's just no way we can feed everybody today, you know. And I, I just love hearing the testimonies. They just kept taking the rolls out of this big bowl and it never went down, you know. We, in fact, we had the same amount at the end as we started off with, you know. We shouldn't be surprised at that thing. I've just finished reading. I've got to recommend a book to you. Uh, if you're back from the 70s, there are a few of us. And uh, the book that was on the hip parade back then was called The Hiding Place. They made it into a movie with Corey Ten Boom. We kind of grew up on that stuff. It's just full of God stories. Her and her family were hiding Jews in Holland uh, during the Second World War. And uh, they just started off with one, but it kind of snowballed. They couldn't say no. Pretty soon they became a, a, a center for getting people into other homes. And they kept saying to each other, this is not good. This is not really plain quiet. You know, if you, if you even had one person in there, you, probably, you could easily get caught, you know. But, and sure enough, they were. And they were all sent off to prison. And her and her sister were sent to the same prison, concentration camp, where you just go to die. And, uh, they, they said there would be like five, ten people every night they would haul out, put on a pile. You know. So it, it's not a great place to be. But her and her sister ended up in the same prison, and, and Corey knew that her sister was quite sickly, uh, quite frail, frail kind of personality. And so she smuggled in a little vial of uh, vitamins, liquid vitamins in a little bottle with a stopper. Uh, which was a miracle in itself, how she got there. Because she also got a Bible in there, which because they would strip search regularly, and either they wouldn't see the Bible hanging on a rope around her neck, or they'd strip, they searched everybody in front of her in a line, and then the person on the, it's like they missed her out, like she wasn't there. You know? hey, it was just all kinds of stories like that. But anyways, getting back to the vitamins, so. She'd give her sister, Betsy, one drop every day. Just thought, well, one little drop of vitamin is better than nothing when you're not eating anything. And, uh, but her sister was real generous, and she'd look around, and her sister's giving it to other people, you know. <laughs> but they, they uh, eventually uh, had, for some reason, vitamins show up in a box, a big box of vitamins. And when she went to use the stopper after that, the stop, it had stopped, you know. It's like... God just did it until there was another. That's the kind of God we serve. I've got to stir you up, tell you some stories. How about raising the dead? Jesus raised the dead. Wasn't that good singing about Christ risen from the dead this morning? I just never get tired of that. Awesome, awesome God. 
Well, we saw that through the minister I was involved with, All Africa Bible College, a number of times. We had used to get these students, we'd encourage them to go out on the weekends and minister somewhere. And uh, one of our students came back with a great story. He went down to uh, Transkai. He was out in the bush in Transkai. And somebody had died in that area. And like they do, they'll bring him in the home and put them in the front room. And everybody comes by and wails and says their goodbyes and prays for the family. So when they heard he was coming through, they said, oh, you're a man of God, come and pray. So he was just expecting to go up there and pray. And uh, as he comes in and goes, starts to pray, the Holy Spirit said to him, tell him to get up. <laughs> so he, being the great man of faith, we were killing ourselves when he told the story. He said, I prayed all around the countryside, you know. I mean, I put mothers and brothers and grandparents and everything I could think of. He didn't want to actually say it, you know. And at the end he said, I finally said in my closing, and Lord, if it be thy will, you could even raise this man from the life. And the guy sat up. <laughs> that is a great story. Oh, well. Well, what about now? We've had that happen at Trinity, uh, not quite as dramatically as that, but we had some extended meetings and a, a fellow uh, fell over dead, had a heart attack. And we had a number of doctors, there were about six doctors there. And uh, they went over and the doctors told me after, he was definitely dead, you know, for probably about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. He, he was alive when the uh, ambulance showed up. And they took him off to the hospital. But, but he revived in that time, came back to life. So I said, hey, what do you see on the other side? You know, I'm always interested in those stories. <laughs> Let's not waste this time of you dying, you know? Tell me something. <laughs> he said, no, you guys prayed for me too quick. He said, I just saw this bright light and everything was light and I was getting close to it. Next thing I knew, it was back in my body. You know, Thanks a lot. I you know. <laughs> really appreciate that. <laughs> Jesus said to those who wanted to serve him, Matthew 10, 7, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. That's, that's how we're called to serve, by the way. John 14, verse 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And he promised the Holy Spirit would come, as we know, in Acts 2 it did. And uh, God was poured out in Acts chapter 3. We get a whole bunch of people saved, beginnings of the church. They realize, wow, all these people are getting saved. We've got to meet together. We have a great description of New Testament church at the end of chapter 3. And right into chapter 4, what's the first thing we hit? A miracle. Peter and John on their way to pray. And met a lame man on the way and uh, laid hands on that guy and he got miraculously healed. Uh, I think it's just amazing where that took place. Taking him by the right hand, Acts 3 verse 7. He helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts walking and jumping and praising God. Acts uh, 4, I'm sorry, I said Acts 4, but Acts 3 is when this took place, of course. But Acts 4 takes the time to tell us how old he was, because in Acts 3, if you remember, they, they said a man who was lame from his birth. You know, well, maybe he's 20 or something. You know. But it actually takes the time in chapter 4 to tell us that he was 40 years old. 
Well, was it a miracle or not a miracle? I don't know. You try just lying down in a hospital bed for four months or so, you know. Yeah. Try it for two months, you know. I mean, you don't have any strength in those muscles. How about trying it for 40 years and never having walked before, you know? The strength comes into his feet and his ankles, and he jumps up out of the... That's a miracle for me. I mean, that's quite a miracle. Yeah. And God puts that right at the beginning of the story of the church. Because Acts 5.12 says, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them. As he passed by, crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. That's the miracle I'm looking for. I mean, it's nice to get now and then, but I really would love to see the all, you know. Amen. Let's see more of it, Lord. We're believing for it. We have to. We haven't got any choice. Um, Miracles, as we know, continue through the rest of the New Testament with no indication that it was to cease, by the way. Well, what about the questions? I mean, I'm not touching on any of that. Well, I touched a little bit on it. What, what about all the what ifs and how comes? And uh, we prayed and we really believed and we fasted for months and sister so-and-so didn't get healed. I, you know, my only answer for that is I'm not God. I really don't understand why God does what he does. I had a mother who's, she's gone to be with the Lord now, but she was serving God for many years in her early 40s. Uh, she got uh, an accident and was seriously sick so that she couldn't serve God anymore. So she went to some healing meetings. She had people praying for her. She was praying and uh, really believing God was going to heal her. And nothing happened, and she was lying on her bed one day, uh, feeling quite sick and tired, and a little small voice, <laughs> oh, you love God, you know. She recognized that little small voice. A little small voice of the Holy Spirit said to her, I've healed you, get up. So in obedience she did, and she was completely whole, never had a problem with it again. Well, my mother in her 60s got Alzheimer's, and it was a long, process. But eventually that Alzheimer's took her off to be with the Lord. I don't know. I, mean, I used to wheel my mother around the Alzheimer's ward going, Lord, <laughs> this is just not right, you know. You know why, why do some people get healed and why do some people not get healed? That's the big question that when we go to lay hands on somebody. That's not what you want to focus on. Uh, Catherine Kuhlman was still alive when uh, when I first got saved, she was on the radio uh, every day. And Catherine Kuhn, many times she used to say that. I mean, she would see whole rows of, in her meetings, miracles that we have hardly touched. She would see across the whole stage just a row of wheelchairs, piles of crutches and canes and all this kind of stuff happening. But she said she'd look and see night after night many dear saints being wheeled home in their wheelchairs. She said, people ask me again and again. She said, I ask God, but all I can say is, 
God is God. I don't know, but it's not going to stop me praying. Look at all the people that did get healed. Look at all the miracles that are happening. We want to see the more of God. Amen? Amen. By signs and miracles, God created the earth out of nothing. That's a good thing to focus on. Amen. Forget about all the what ifs. How come? Some people can really talk you into not believing in miracles. That's just not there. God, by his power, brought Israel out of bondage in Egypt by signs and wonders. He opened the Red Sea before them, and they walked across on dry land, and that water came over their enemies and destroyed them. And they lived in the desert for 40 years with God supernaturally supplying, supplying bread and water and meat. And it tells us that their sandals never even wore out. I mean, that's got to be a miracle. Yeah. I like to get a pair of those sandals. It's interesting when they go into the promised land, it, it, it takes the time to tell us their sandals started wearing out, you know. <laughs> it was like provision for, for a certain situation. But God really did do all that, and he took them across the Jordan in full flood into the promised land, and the biggest stronghold they faced to start with, a city uh, with the walls around it, and by blowing trumpets and shouting, the walls came down. That's the God that we serve. Amen. And over and over again, we see God intervening. When, when his people would turn to him and seek him, God would give them uh, power over their enemies. Yes. Sometimes, most amazingly, 300 people, 300 men taking on an army that it tells us it was like locusts across the plain. You couldn't count the enemy that was before them. They destroyed that enemy just by breaking their jars. <laughs> you want to try that, you know. Shouting and blowing their trumpets. <laughs> Who is this God? Another time he sent worship leaders out in front of the army. That's a, that's a great strategy, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually for you every day, you and me. You know. This power and praise. Amen. God, our God did all of that. And he takes us right into... Jesus landing on the earth, all the miracles that he did. And we're called to do. Amen? amen. Everybody said amen. Well, we hear testimonies around the world ever since Acts of miracles continuing to be done. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm getting more desperate all the time. You know, I want to see God, especially as my body's getting old and frail. I really want to see God show up with more power. So why don't you stand with me? I, I've probably taken more time than I should have. But can I, can I pray? Yeah. Mike, did you have something in mind? Yeah, I'd love to get the worship team up there. Oh, beautiful. Okay. <laughs> Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. In this room, we represent scores and scores of miracles that we want to see, Lord. Loved ones we want to see saved. The greatest miracle of all is to see somebody turn around 180 degrees and go in the opposite direction. We're believing for miracles, Lord, of salvation. We're believing for miracles of people being healed, yes, saved, and delivered, Lord. We want to see more, Lord God. So we open our hearts to you right now. We lift up our, our hearts to you, Lord. And we say, Lord God, it's in your word. It's a solid foundation our faith is standing in. Mm -hmm. An awesome God who created the universe perform signs and wonders through his servants, Lord. We want to be included in that. Give us the more, Lord God. Give us the more. Mm. We 
we open our hearts to you now in Jesus' name. Yes, amen. Amen. Bless you.